Welcome to the Young, Black, and Professional Podcast. I'm Dr. Des, a career coach who's here to help you get to the next level. Whether that's a new job, your first job, or just to provide you with guidance on how to navigate the world as a young Black professional. This podcast not only brings you real advice to get started with your career, but we'll also be featuring young Black professionals from a plethora of careers. We'll talk about everything they did to reach their goals and how you can do it too. All right, let's get into it. All right. So welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Young Black and Professional Podcast. So this is Dr. Des here and I have a special, special guest for y'all today. So we got Mr. Andre Albritton, who is a fellow Florida A&M graduate. So, you know, y'all know I love my my HBCU to the fullest. So whenever I can have a family graduate on the show, I am always down for it. So he has become nationally recognized for investing and he trains people on building wealth through the stock market and through real estate investment trusts. So he's the founder of the Millennials Next Door, um, which is a community dedicated to build to millennials building wealth to create financial freedom. So I know a lot of my listeners, a lot of my clients, a lot of young black and professionals out there. Y'all like money. Y'all like talking about money. So and you like to have money. Um, so this is going to be an extremely informative show. So we're not only going to talk about his business and his path to entrepreneurship, but he also got a regular nine to five, you know, like a lot of us do. So we want to make sure that we talk about that too and what steps he took in his career to get where he is now. Um, so, you know, if you guys are thinking about a career in personal finance or a career in, you know, insurance or whatever it may be, this is the guy who you're going to talk to. So we're going to learn a lot today. So Mr. Andre, what's up? <laughs> Dr. Des, uh, first off, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate that. And uh, man, that was a hell of an intro. And <laughs> me, like the copy of just that, I'll have you sign some paperwork later so that I can just be like my audio for any time I'm going on stage. Oh, like, man. Man. I did do that. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. So, no, like you got yourself another job now. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. But no, um, everything's going well with me. I mean, I'm just happy to be here. Happy just being 2021, honestly. Like, I'm just ready. Ready for life. Ready to get outside more. Oh, yeah. Oh, most definitely. Outside. I'm Listen, outside is open for me this summer. I am. I'm trying to be outside this summer. <laughs> hey, no, I, I hear that all the time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to Piedmont Park this Sunday. So that's going to be exciting just to, just to be outside, see more people see how mm -hmm. life is again and ideally i'm just gonna be on the park drinking something brown and, and just <laughs> relaxing like i'm looking forward to it oh yeah that sounds that's what's up that sounds like a good time to me just some chill time outside with the sun relaxing and atlanta is beautiful that so, is great weather yes. Yes. So thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. And I just want you to take a minute and just, you know, tell everybody just kind of a little bit, you know, I gave, of course, your introduction, but just tell us about, you know, what you do in your nine to five and then kind of why you decided to start this, you know, financial education type business. What, what was the need for that? Yeah, no doubt. Um, so the nine to five, some way, somehow I got into insurance like in high school. And I did that really just through job shadowing a family friend. He owned his own state farm office. And what really appealed to me, and this is like the lazy side, which will be an ongoing theme probably throughout this podcast, 
was he was able to play golf and just come mm. into the office late. So, you know, oh, like that's a, yeah, you know, as a teenager, I'm like, okay, don't sound too bad. I think I like insurance. <laughs> um, so like skip forward into college where I went to fame, as you just mentioned, like I think around 2010, um, I found another job working for Allstate agents in Tallahassee area. So anytime they just need, needed someone to sit in the office, help out, I would show up, get paid a little bit and call it a day. Then I started working in the State Farm office for an agent up here in Atlanta. And really for me, the whole sales thing, it wasn't that appealing as I thought it would be. So mm -hmm. I ended up transferring out of State Farm as far as like the agent side, which is you know, their own business. So the agent, they own that business, not State Farm necessarily. Mm -hmm. From there, um, I did, what did I do? I did marketing. I did a little bit of work in the financial field as well to get some experience. And then I worked for State Farm Insurance again. So really on and off, I've been in insurance, man, for at least eight to nine years. So I mean, mainly three companies, Allstate, State Farm, and Progressive. I worked with State Farm the most. Um, I just hit my five-year anniversary like two months ago. Nice. And I got my little pension. So I was like, okay, at least I get a little bit of something, something. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what as far as insurance, like you mentioned selling insurance. So in my head, you know, and I'm thinking like old school, like door to door, people knocking on people's door, you know, <laughs> selling insurance, right. like, hey, you need this. So what does that entail? And honestly, in my head, when I think about insurance and that bit, that area, it, for me, I'm like, it sounds boring. <laughs> but, <laughs> and I was just be real with you, you know, just in my head, because in Granted, you know, I grew up in a very rural area and, you know, the only jobs that I really knew were doctor, lawyer, engineer. So like anything else outside of that, I wasn't, they weren't teaching us that there were so right. many other things out there until I got to college and learned that there was. So just kind of, you know, what does that entail? Like, what does that day-to-day -day look like for you? Yeah. So let's start from the first position. And this is just a regular sales position. You know, you're going to your agent's office, there's someone there to help you, answer phone calls. Um, in this particular office, this was the agent's second office and it's a brand new one. So our main job at that time was uh, selling like 24 seven selling. So making those um, cold calls, which wasn't too bad, honestly. Like I'll make maybe mm -hmm. 50 to hundred in a day. I'm trying to think of innovative ways to go ahead and get some of the information out there to the general public. And okay. some of the fun side of it was the marketing. I, I did find that fun because I own my own business that was marketing at one point. And then also, really, it's just about helping people. You know, if I can provide something better for them, um, something that's a better fit. And I love educating people. I love helping people. So, you know, it's a good piece of that as well inside the day, day to day. And mm -hmm. let me make sure I'm not missing anything. But yeah, that's really about the nine to five for that one. And then mm -hmm. now I'm doing claims adjusting. My main job simply is to, I mean, make payments to people. So, you know, your house is damaged. You're probably going to talk to me. I'm learning more about the damages to the house, making sure contractors don't get one over on the company because they will try to put everything underneath the sun. You know, it's like half the roof is kind of damaged. Someone said the whole roof needs to be replaced now. Mm -hmm. It's like silly stuff like that. So uh, this is a good fit for me now because I'm, I'm definitely a people's person. The thing I didn't like about sales was I felt like I was always on. So I always had to be personable, always had to be a high type A personality kind of deal. 
but I'm just able to talk to people regularly say, hey, this is what's going on with your claim. This is how we're going to fix it. This is what I need from you. Here's a check. Talk to you. Hopefully never, you know. <laughs> and then we just kind of go on from this. Like, yeah. And I say that in a good way. Hopefully uh -huh. never they ha have another claim again. Yeah. Unless it's just someone who that's another story. But you kind of mm -hmm. deal with that inside the customer service field because you're going to get rude people. It happens. You know, you just can't take it personally. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I always I like to ask people, what does the salary look like for that? You don't got to tell me your, your own salary, but like, you know, if I have like, um, for instance, you know, a lot of recent graduates listen to this podcast. So like, what can they expect as a salary? You know, what should they be trying to negotiate for as a salary if they're looking to get into one insurance sales and then to like claim adjusting? Yeah. So, and Dr. Des, you know, for myself, all my financial information is out on Instagram. So oh. you ain't say nothing but a word, you know? Period, period. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the sales position, that was paying about $10 to $11 at the time. And that mm -hmm. was in 2012. So I would hope rates have went up a little bit by now. And I mean, for this one, you just have to assume that you're making the real bread through sales. Like, mm -hmm. That's it. So the agents, they are likely going to have some type of goals for you to hit. So it might be you need to sign up 10 auto policies, five homeowners policies, maybe one life insurance policy. And then that way you can get the minimum commission. Okay. So that's going to be the main thing when it comes to sales. It's just about selling. So you know, if you're not a good seller, you'll know that probably within six months or so. Mm -hmm. And you'll know that by your paycheck. Like you might just get yeah. some basic paychecks. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, for the claims adjusting side, this is going to be a little bit more by the book. So nine to five, you know, um, for my position, claims adjusting state farm, I'm making about 45, no, I'm at 50,000 50, now. Mm -hmm. And the way that the adjusting works, like adjusters inside the office and outside the office, like the ones that go out to the house, go out to the storms, we make our money in overtime. So mm -hmm. during Texas storms, we was working 20 hours, um, an overtime minimum each week for the tax system. So that lasted about a month. Is that so, time and a half? Yep, time and a half. Oh, okay. So, no, like we really make our money in overtime. So like 50K is like the base salary. And I'll say State Farm pays probably a little bit lower, but mm -hmm. the amount of work you have to do is usually a little bit low compared to other companies. So you now if you're going mm -hmm. to Progressive, Liberty Mutual, you can probably expect 60 to 65 but you can also expect to be working 24 seven. So mm. that's kind of like the trade off you're going to take there. Mm -hmm. I definitely remember running to a few adjusters, you know, these are adjusters will be outside in the field. They do their own independent side. They can literally work for six months and they're done for the whole year. So mm. they can make easy six figures. I mean, some of them worked the Hurricane Katrina paid off a house. So oh, like wow. the amount of overtime when it comes to these big storms is just so much is needed. And the best thing about insurance, there's always a job. Like nobody really mm -hmm. wants to work in insurance. Like you don't <laughs> talk to many people and say, hey, I'm going to insurance school. There's not yeah. many people like that. Like, honestly, that's one of the other downsides of insurance, I would say, personally. It's like if you don't like it, it is easy to get stuck in the field. So you can mm -hmm. get so comfortable, you know, you get a decent paycheck, you kind of sit in the office, 
And then next thing you know, 10 years have passed and all you have is insurance experience. Mm-hmm. That's kind of tough to get out of that hole outside of the whole insurance side. So now you got to do other things, get other certificates, make up a job for yourself to get outside of that. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. So what, I guess, what degree would you say? Do you, can you get into that with any degree or is it just like you need a certain degree or what is that like? For the sales position, you really don't need a degree because okay. sales, okay? yeah. if you can sell, I don't care. If you went to high school, college, could care less. Uh-huh. I mean, it's sell. <laughs> um, for the other positions, having a degree is an advantage. So you'll probably hear that you don't need a degree to get inside the corporate office, but mm-hmm. in quotation marks, you need a degree because you're going to have other people with degrees who are going to beat you out all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's why having a degree is important. What type of degree you need, it really doesn't matter just because it's, it's insurance, honestly. They're going yeah. to teach you everything you need to know. They pay for the classes, pay for your license. You'll know way more insurance than you ever thought you would know in your entire life. So mm-hmm. oftentimes you're going to be teaching other people what it is. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, you don't really need any type of special degree. So marketing, finance, PR, you're good. Anything. Okay. Yeah. And that's, you know, what you just said about, you know, like, you'll know if you know how to, if you can sell something within the first couple of months, that's so true. Cause I oh, used yeah. to, when I was in undergrad, so I did undergrad at Florida state. And when I was in undergrad, I worked at the, um, it was a Kia dealership in Tallahassee, the one it was on Tennessee street. So I worked there in internet sales. So, you know, I was that person doing those cold calls, calling people. Like if you, you know, we'll get leads from the website. So I'm like, you just type it in the website, trying to get a quote for a car. And here go me calling you, annoying you. Like, Hey, I heard you were looking, you know, heard you're looking for a new Kia Optima. What's up? You heard about a big sale, you know? Um, but I think that it was interesting because it, it, I would say for me, it got repetitive um, because mm-hmm. it was just like same thing every day. And for me, I get bored easily. And when I'm like, okay, I know I can do this. And you, you know, you hear like the way I talk, like I smile when I talk all the time. Like I'm just very bubbly and bouncy. It's just who I yeah, am. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that put me in a good position when I was talking to people on the phone, you know, they hung up on me less than they did a lot of my other um, coworkers. Right. So it was, it was a good experience to get into sales, but it was definitely, you know, I love my commission checks because I was think I was making a lot more than a lot of my other friends were making. Um, mm-hmm. Even though, like you said, the base for that, I think was probably like $10 an hour, $11 an yeah. hour, but, and they had me working like 30 something hours a week. So I was like almost full time, but you know, I would get commission for whenever someone came into the dealership that I talked to. And then whenever they bought a car, I would get more. So I was like, this is pretty good. That's (laughs) not a bad deal. No, that's straight. Yeah, but then, you know, I think now they like outsource their um, internet sales to like Mm -hmm. another country, I think. So that, yeah, so now they don't have to pay as much. (laughs) Capitalism at its best. You Mm -hmm. gotta love it and hate it. (laughs) Yes, definitely. So that was that was good. That was some really good information because I think a lot of people don't think about insurance as a career option. Um, yeah. Like you said, like nobody kind of are, you know, some people you may have some people that are just like, I love insurance. It's it gets me out of bed in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> But then, you know, you got majority of people, I would think that are just like, eh, nah, I don't want to like for me, like, you know, me thinking like, this is kind of boring. I don't want to do this. <laughs> um, yeah. 
but that was good. So how did you get into personal finance? Like from, from just kind of having that background in insurance, how did, how did that happen? All right. So positive about insurance is for most companies, definitely for my company that I was, I'm still with now is once it hits five o'clock, you're done. So you don't have to take any work home. So really I find myself bored. I mean, that's basically it. And mm. I've been an entrepreneur really since I got to FAMU. So this is my fourth business, actually. Oh, and wow. so the fourth one has been doing very well. So it turns out third time is not the charm. Fourth time is the charm. <laughs> uh-huh. And really from there, you know, I was in Dallas, Texas. I was just bored at my job, honestly. Like that was truly it. Um, you know, not to brag, Dr. Des, but when it comes to insurance, I'm very good at it. So okay. I'm able to, you know, I'm able to get my work done. And mm-hmm. I got like five hours left to go in the whole day. Oh, yeah. So outside of just like reading just random articles, going to BuzzFeed and stuff, I get bored. So I decided, okay, um, let me see if there's something else I can do because I was thinking about getting out of insurance before I get stuck in there too long. And it just turned out one of my friends, she was studying for a certified financial planner. And at that time, it just blew my mind. Like, I didn't know people would pay you to tell them what to do with their money. <laughs> then, yeah. So now, like, um, from there, I just started studying. So I signed up for one of those um, classes to learn about, you know, they teach you kind of budgeting, personal finances, but they also teach you about um, estate planning, taxes, investing, retirement, all that fun stuff. And as I was learning this stuff, this was like all brand new to me because I thought mm-hmm. I was good with money before. Turns out I'm just cheap. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's when I was good with money. I just don't like to spend it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I'm learning all this information. And I just started posting more about it on Facebook and Instagram. And from there, I got a lot of more followers. Like my Instagram page was dry. Nobody mm-hmm. was ever in the DMs. I didn't post anything. I posted more financial stuff. And it's like, we were all kind of learning about this stuff at the same time. So I think that's why mm-hmm. it kind of took off from there. So from that side, as I was still studying for the certified financial planner designation, I became a financial coach. I learned the hard lesson that people who need help with money usually don't have the money to spend on you. Yep. Yeah. Heard that. Yeah, that was yep. a hard lesson. <laughs> so, you know, after that, I said, okay, well... And this is like a really good lesson, but I stepped outside of my fields of like being public, publicly speaking. And I think this mm-hmm. was 2018. I did my first virtual summit. It was just me, four other finance people were just teaching about investing. And I knew about this thing called real estate investment trust. I mm-hmm. learned about that inside my um, firm that I was working with at the time. And from there, you know, the event did decent. Like it made $5,000 for myself. Nice. I said, oh, 5000 that's way more enough to pay for the business, way more mm-hmm. than I made last year. Let me just focus on investing from now because that seemed to be something that people would pay for to learn about. So mm-hmm. since then, I've just been building my personal financial influencer side. And that's why I go by now, financial influencer. Um, I don't do anything with the certified financial planning route anymore just mm-hmm. because when I was working in this job, like I couldn't have this side gig. So, um, yeah, now I'll go into this real quickly. So I worked on a financial firm from like maybe 10 months. My position was getting phased out, which was good because honestly, I sucked at the position. I was just, <laughs> doing, yo, Dr. Des, I was just doing paperwork all day. It was not my thing. Oh, like yeah. Sometimes I'd be messing up. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm not, I'm going to get fired soon. So it worked <laughs> out for the best. 
Um, I found another job with another financial firm in Atlanta. And check this, check this out. Like day one, I go in and prequel to this, I asked them if my side business was okay. They said, yeah, it's fine. Day one, I come in, um, say hello, everybody. Get some peace in the lunch. I get called into my boss's office and, and she says, your side business is not okay. So I guess they didn't do the due diligence on it. Yeah. So needless to say, I'm like, that's my first and last day. So I um, left the company entirely. I stole some old highlighters, pens, and tea bags from the office. <laughs> and yeah, I was just out of there. So yeah, that's um, what really helped the business grow as well. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, that's that's crazy. And that's another good point, though, because I know um, in one of my previous positions, they do make you disclose any other, you know, businesses mm -hmm. that you may have or any other part-time jobs you may have. And, you know, that really kind of blew my mind. I'm like, so you got to approve what I do in my personal time? You know, that that's was... That's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah but I mean... Like Oh, I'm, I'm, I was gonna say it's kind of like when they um ask what you're gonna be doing when you um ask for some time off. So like, what you gonna exactly. be doing? Exactly, none of your business. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'm just like, and I guess you know, for me working in public health, I I would guess maybe if I they may think I'm competing with them, but at the end of the day. I'm not representing them once I'm off from work. I don't represent the company. So. No, I agree. Um. For my stuff, it was just compliance like the SEC, FINRA, mm -hmm. because with the brokerage firm, if someone like looked on my page and saw, hey, he's talking about this stock, let me invest all my retirement money into it, it can be linked to the um, company oh, I work yeah. with for some reason. So I was like, okay, makes sense. And because something bad happened, I kind of kept my page active anyways. Mm -hmm. I wasn't as active as usual. Because mm -hmm. so, yeah, I can let the growth die down at that moment, but I still need to experience. Yeah. And that's good though. That's good. I think that it's always good to have your goal in mind. And if something doesn't align with your goal, like I tell people all the time, if it doesn't align with overall what you want to do, then why are you doing it? Why are you letting it stifle you and keep you from your actual goal? So that's, that's the gem right there. That was good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I agree hundred percent. Yeah. So what, I guess, since, you know, you are the money guru, so what, what, I guess, what advice would you want to give to a recent graduate? Cause I know a lot of recent grads that I talk to, you know, they're thinking about student loans and, you know, a lot of them I talk to, they're like, I hate paying them student loans back, you know? So, you know, one person was like, you know, that's between God and Biden at this point. <laughs> so, <laughs> So I guess what advice would you give them if they're, you know, trying to, they just got their first job making, you know, oh, decent money out of college and they're trying to prioritize all of their finances. What would you, what would you tell them? All right. So my biggest advice for you guys, and it's the same thing I'll tell to a basketball player coming out of college, because you two will have the same type of issue just on different levels. But pretty much when you graduate, ideally, you will be getting paid the most money you ever got paid in your life. Mm -hmm. So from there, what happens is lifestyle inflation. Mainly what that means is, you know, you get paid more, your expenses, they tend to grow with it. So you get like a $10,000 raise. You say, oh, I got $10,000 extra a year. I can afford that BMW now. You buy the BMW. Did you really get the raise? No. So coming out of college, you know, it's okay to keep living like a college student. Um, if you're living with your parents, yo, that's free rent. Take that money. Oh, and if yeah. you have a roommate, that's cool. 
Because I can promise, you know, you don't want to be living with a roommate when you're like 35 or 40. That shit ain't cute. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's like, it's crazy. Like, if we think about how much money actually goes in and out of our hands, like over 10 years, you're going to realize you can easily pay off the student loans. You can easily pay off a house. I mean, if you get paid 40000 that's $400,000 in a decade. Yeah, it's just a matter of where you're living in your lifestyle. Like, that's truly it. So what tends to happen is, you know, people come out of college, they get their own place, they get their own car. Of course, you want to have fun. Of course, you want to travel. That's how a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck. And unfortunately, what happens is they get used to that lifestyle. They get used to living paycheck to paycheck. And when I was doing the financial coaching, I mean, I talked to multiple people in the 30s and 40s. And at that point, they kind of have the, like the aha moments like, oh, I do need to get serious about my money. Well, I need to focus on my retirement. I got kids I want, I don't want, I don't want them to pay for college. So that's when, you know, everything gets a little bit more real and they have to pay for those past mistakes. So yeah, mm -hmm. coming out of college, avoid lifestyle inflation, keep living like a college student, build up your money, just pay back the student loans. I know it sucks. <laughs> I mean, you guys can hope the government's gonna take care of it, maybe. Or you can try and die with them. Just pay it back. <laughs> it's just easy to pay it back. Call it a day. You know, take, <laughs> take, take the L. <laughs> <laughs> take the L. Oh yeah, that's that's some good advice. Cause yeah, I get a lot of a lot of clients who tell me that, like you know, they're trying to pay back their student loans, and then some of them don't even realize that it kicks in six months after you graduate. Then you got to start paying them. Like some of them are just like, I didn't know that. I was like, how you didn't how you didn't know that? And what will happen next if you don't pay them? It's gonna show up on your credit report, and this oh. hit it hard. Like you're talking about a good two hundred points easy. So when you buy the house. It's going to hit hard. Oh, yeah. So, that interest rate is going to be. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that was that was good. Because, yeah, that interest rate from when you're trying to buy a home. And even when you're trying to buy a car, you got terrible credit. Like, it's not even worth it. Because like you were saying, mm -hmm. like, I think that I've had definitely some of my colleagues who I went to school with, you know, they started getting their job and they got the BMW. They got the Maserati. And I'm just like, yeah. dang, how y'all? I'm still driving my 2012 Kia because I ain't got no car note on it. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm, I'm thinking of getting a new car now, but like, I've been thinking about it for the past two years, but I'm like, there's nothing wrong with my Kia. I don't have a car note. Do I really want this new car? <laughs> and well, then, I, you know, then the pandemic hit and I'm like, dang, I don't go anywhere anyway. So I work from home. So it's sitting in the garage. Ain't that much of a deal. Like really, I mean, if people just take three years sacrifice, you know, financially sacrificing, you guys would be more than happy in the next five to 10 years. Because mm -hmm. the problems, they aren't going anywhere. Student loans aren't going anywhere. Spending habits, they're not going anywhere. It just follows you and then just gets bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most definitely. So I guess one more question I have to ask you, what would you consider, I guess, your your biggest failure as far as career-wise and what did you learn from it? You know, my biggest failure is probably done in college. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to have to really chuck the L of that one. So yeah, um, when I was in college, I didn't take advantage of a lot of things. You know, I was just going to class, going in and out, um, get my C's, get my B's. Like when I graduated with a B average, I was shocked. I was like, really? Okay, <laughs> I'll take it. 
whatever, give me my degree. But, you know, if I could go back, I probably picked something a little bit more difficult as far as, you know, a job that's coming out of college. Um, definitely try to do finance or engineering. And that way it just made my life a little bit easier now because I mm -hmm. do find myself, I'm catching up to people who weren't able to party during the freshman year or the sophomore year because, you know, they're in um, taking all the doctor's classes and everything as such. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm catching up to them. So, you know, they got a six figure paying job. They're able to relax now, go on vacation. Mm -hmm. And now I have to put in that sacrifice time now. So one mm -hmm. thing I have learned truly is, you know, you can't hide away from the work. At one point in time, you have to do it. It just comes with life. Yeah. Okay. That's some great advice. Definitely some great advice. I know when I was in college, I definitely didn't know what I wanted my major to be. Mm -hmm. I changed my major like four times when I was in undergrad and it was literally, I changed it twice in like one semester. Like, I don't know how they let me do that, wow. but I did it. <laughs> Cause, <laughs> cause I, like I said, you know, earlier, like growing up, I only knew, you know, medical doctor, engineer, lawyer. I barely knew engineer and what they did. Like I knew lawyer, like all of those. So my whole goal was to become a medical doctor and go to med school. But I started taking, I think I took chemistry, organic chemistry. I was so stressed. <laughs> I was like, and that's what scared me about all those majors. Once it gets to mm -hmm. chemical, chemicals and period, calculus. I was like, okay. I'm oh yeah, calculus, physics. Like I took the classes because, like, I, I took them, but you know, I barely made it. C's get degrees. They really do. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> God bless those C's. <laughs> God bless them because, uh, uh, and it wasn't until like after undergrad, I really figured out I wanted to go into public health. And when I went to grad school and everything, but it's definitely, you know, something to, something to think about, especially for the recent graduates that are li listening to this podcast and for people that are still in school right now, and you're not sure of what you want your major to be. I know a lot of people that I meet, they're just like, oh, well, this is my major because just because I want to help people or because it's just what I want to do, I guess. And they don't really know. So I always encourage people to make sure that they're going out and shadowing people, like asking yep. what they do. And, you know, this part of the podcast, like, you know, just making sure that they learn about other professions that are out there, you know, that they can go into instead of the, the normal ones that they hear about glorified all the time. And you know what? Can I add on one other tip that's going to be yeah. really important? Yeah. Um, so definitely come up in cause. And now I realize, you know, don't be afraid to create your own situation. Mm -hmm. So when I was doing those insurance jobs and in, insurance jobs in college, what I did was I called every state farm office, every all state office offering free help just to get in there, create my type of position. Mm -hmm. And then after that, then they started paying me afterwards. And even for like every other job, like I wanted to do marketing, couldn't find a marketing job. I created a business. Um, I wanted to get on more events as a financial influencer. No one would take me on. So I created my own events. Same for the podcast, same for this business in general. So yeah, I mean, be creative. Don't be mm -hmm. afraid to call people, especially when you're in college. You know, it's cute to call people when you're in college. They'll yeah. say yes to you. They find out I'm 32, asking for to job shadow them. It's a little bit weird. <laughs> so it was like, oh, no, no, I mean, you should have got that oh, done when you got out of college. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be that's, a little bit weird. <laughs> that's funny because yeah, that that yeah, that's crazy. 
<laughs> but yeah, I tell people too, like, you know, make sure that you, and especially now with a lot of things being virtual, like LinkedIn is one of the things I emphasize a lot. That's how I reach out to you on LinkedIn, <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's, it's a great place to network and talk to people. I know that, you know, and, and come at them professionally is what I tell them too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still a professional space. It's not Facebook. It's, People still expecting you to be professional on there. Um, that and um, Instagram, because for a lot mm-hmm. of companies, I slid in the DMs on Instagram. Mm, and it's still yeah. like people do that to me too. So, oh yeah, I'll answer a quick stock question for you. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you just gotta be bold, and I think people respect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be bold and be proactive. Like you said, creating your own opportunities is is big. Because I know I had one person who I worked with, and she um. She wanted experience in a certain area. I forget what it was, but she decided to create her own business doing it. And she put it on her resume and then she ended up getting jobs in the area that she wanted to get into because she created that and put it on there because nobody would hire her for that. So it's just a matter of you. Yeah, it does count. I got my finance job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, When I was doing the blog, I showed them that and that's what kind of helped me get my foot in the door. You know, they're just Mm -hmm. impressed. I was talking about finances randomly. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. So no, create what you need to create, basically. <laughs> hmm Most definitely. So again, thank you so much for being on this podcast. And I want you to just let everybody know where they can find you, what they, you know, if they want to slide in your DMs. Like you say, you answer questions sometimes. <laughs> so. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right. So um, for everyone listening on True Millennial Fashion, you guys can just follow me on Instagram. So, um, you know, if you have any questions just about my career, for more free to slide in. Um, yeah, like I'm always answering my DMs. So anytime I'm in need anything, like there's a link in my bio. There's all my free courses out there. So if you just want to learn about stocks, real estate and investment trust, want to get started a little bit earlier. Hey, click the link in the bio. I got plenty of free resources for you guys. Oh yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. And I will link him, his um, Instagram, website, everything in the show notes. So thank you guys for listening to another episode of Young Black and Professional. Thanks.